good to be in God's house. Unworthy to stand up here. Unworthy to be called a child of the King. Uh, last night I planned on saying something about myself, but usually if I'm somewhere the first time, I get very nervous. <laughs> uh, this is my second time here, so I can say a little something before I preach. Uh, I am a ordained a Southern Baptist, and I pastor a Methodist church, and I'm preaching a revival, and I'm assuming you're non-denominational, so that's, uh, I'm glad it doesn't really matter where we're at, where we're serving, I'm serving the same King, I'm serving the same Savior, I'm blessed in the opportunities that I've had in my ministry, I've preached in barns. I've preached at auction houses, I've preached in the nursing homes. I've had joys unspeakable from getting to serve God. And I, I appreciate the church. I appreciate your pastor praying and asking me to come preach for you these two nights. I have learned a lot. The message last night was not one that I liked because I couldn't give an answer. <laughs> I don't like stuff that I cannot give answers to. Most of us don't. I'm glad the message tonight's a little different. Now, uh, this lady got up and sang a song a while ago, and I was grinning from ear to ear about that potter knowing the clay. The potter knows that old clay. And I brought a little, a little showing of that tonight. We're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, if you have your Bibles, and a very, very familiar piece of Scripture. Jeremiah chapter 18. Uh, verses uh, 3 is where we'll start. Well, we'll start with verse 1. That would be simple enough. Uh, when you get to Jeremiah 18, if you can, if you would please stand and to pay reverence through the reading of the Word of God. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1. Word of God says this. It says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here tonight. Lord, I, I pray, Lord Father, for a mighty blessings to come down upon us. Lord, we pray tonight that your spirit would just flow uh, from breast to breast here tonight. We, we know that you know every problem, you know every heartache, you know every heart, Lord Father, that's assembled here tonight. Lord Father, I pray uh, that you'll bless this scripture, Lord, that you'll uh, bless the words, Lord Father, that you've helped us study with, Lord. We, we pray, Lord, that you continue to help this church with revival, Lord Father, that it'll come up in their hearts, Lord Father, that it'll uh, come out in their songs, it'll come out in the sermons, Lord, it'll uh, continue to be a great light to this church to have a light in their heart to be on fire for you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your mercy tonight as you help us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be uh, seated tonight. Now, uh, the question uh, that we have uh, coined to us tonight, uh, now, I, I didn't look at Paul's, but I don't think his was really questions. I don't think, mine, mine's pretty much questions. And a lot of, uh, when I hear a question, it's kind of yes or no, or you have an answer. 
And last night we had a why do bad things happen to Christians and and Lord help, you know, uh, I couldn't find a piece of Scripture uh, that laid out a lot of things for us to look at, exactly all the different uh, avenues that why people uh, go through punishment, go through agony. Uh, but tonight we have a piece of Scripture from our studies uh, that talks a little bit about clay. Now, I, I looked it up uh, today. I was reading some, some scriptures. And I run across some other places. Uh, I, I just decided to look through the whole Bible, finding the different places it talks about clay. And when it talks about clay and it talks about God's people and them being the same thing, it occurs ten times. In Scripture, in Isaiah chapter 29, uh, chapter 41, chapter 45, chapter 64, uh, Jeremiah here in 18, uh, Romans 9, uh, Lamentations 4, Job 10 and 33, and in Numbers chapter 5 verse 17 gives us 10 instances in the Bible uh, that God's people are used as a symbolism talking about clay. Uh, now we, we want to think about the Scripture tonight. It talks about a, a potter and it talks about some clay. And it talks about this question here. The question that was coined to us, that was chosen to give to us, is, is God's hand still on me? Now, let's analyze just the question tonight, just, just for a minute before we start. Is God's hand still on me? And last night, that question was almost, uh, I couldn't change how we looked at that. But tonight, uh, I want to change that question just a little bit uh, to help us understand what that question really means to us. Now, what that question really should mean to a Christian is, is God's leading power, is, is God my Father spiritually leading me? Uh, God does not have a fleshly hand. To think of God having a fleshly hand, we're not understanding who God is. In Matthew, I believe chapter, uh, I got it something, John uh, chapter 4 verse 24 says, God is the Spirit. And we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He does not have a literal hand. And now, when you see the hand of God in Scripture, you understand that each time you have the appearance of the hand of God, it is showing strength. That's a big thing that it shows. Uh, but it shows guidance. When God's hand is in the Old Testament, New Testament, no matter where you look at it, it's going to show guidance to His people. Uh, God's hand is with you to show you where you need to go, or where you've come from to help you, uh, to comfort you. So uh, thinking about how it really means to us tonight, is God my Father spiritually leading me? And that's really the question tonight that we're going to focus on. I, I'll use the old question too. But is God really leading you spiritually tonight? Now, in this scripture here, we understand and think about this as we think about God's hand leading us. My first curiosity is, who likes to be told what to do? Now, who here likes to be told? Raise your hand. If you like taking orders, nobody does. Okay, that's true. Hey, you got a truthful church. Uh, he, who here likes to be told by their parents what to do, or their boss, or your spouse? <laughs> who likes to be told by your kids what to do? Sometimes I feel like that's what happens at my house a lot of times. I watch Paw Patrol <laughs> at my house because my kids tell me what to do. And we don't like to be told what we do, what to do. But the question is, is God my Father spiritually leading me? Now to be spiritually led, to be led by somebody, is to be doing what they're telling you to do. So we want to look just for a little bit tonight in Jeremiah chapter 18, starting with verse 3. In verse 3 it says this, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. Now to help us understand, for us to get to the point 
where we realize that God is leading us spiritually for you to get down to a place where you can realize that God is working in your life because that's what the question is tonight. Is God spiritually leading me? We have to get to the point where God can actually do something. (laughs) Do y'all realize that? We have to get to a point where we say, God, use me, form me, make me, change me into who I need to be. And what does it say in in verse 3? He wrought a work on the wheels. Uh, Praise God. Tonight, God is working. He's at the wheels. He's trying to work us. All we have to do is let Him. You know, the thing about clay laying up on a wheel is nothing. It's dust, it's clay mixed with some water. It has no value. It can do nothing. A clay cannot stand upright and make a vessel on its own. Clay is useless. A clay is is pretty much nothing. I have been down to a potter's house before, and it's a blessing if you read this Scripture to go down to the potter's house. Now, I haven't been to this guy's house particularly, but I've been to another one. This right here was made in Ramblin, Alabama. I've been to one over in Muscadine, a guy who makes pottery. Oh, it's so wonderful to think about the potter and the clay, and you get to see it. You know, before this was formed, that was some of the old ugliest, nastiest, sticky mess. Hey, church, that's what you are tonight. You are a nasty, sticky mess, and you have no value until God takes you, and He puts you on the wheel, and He goes to work. So many Christians today, I think that they're the ones behind the wheel. I think they're the ones forming their self. The clay can do nothing without the potter. The potter is in complete control. The potter is the one that makes you who you are, that makes you stand tall, makes you stand short, uh, makes you beautiful, uh, makes you ugly, uh, makes you a job that you've got to do. Uh, He'll make you a coffee cup. Uh, He'll make you a vase. Uh, You've got lots of things to do in your life, but God's the one that does it. He's the one that chooses your profession. He chooses your ministry. He chooses the church that you need to go to. He chooses when you're going to be saved because He deals with your heart. He chooses the day that you're going to announce that you're going to take on a ministry. He's going to bless you with a marriage. He's going to bless you with this stuff. It's God doing those things. He's behind the wheel. So many times I thought it was Zach behind the wheel. So many times early in my ministry, I thought it was Zach doing the preaching sometimes. Oh, I got puffed up and thought I was a big bad boy now. Oh, I can preach now. I, I, I just, uh, just so good. I remember getting invited to a place, uh, and I've said this before in front of my wife, in front of churches. I got to a place, uh, asked to preach. Uh, I didn't hardly study that week. Uh, I just had, well, I'll just come up with something later in the week. Uh, a Sunday morning rolled around before I knew it. I woke up late, and, and I still didn't have a message that I studied for. I showed up, preached Zach Stone. That's what I preached. I preached what I wanted. I didn't let the potter get behind the wheel. And boy, it was rent. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I don't know if the church realized it, but I knew it. I knew that what I had brought was nothing. When you put yourself behind the wheel, trying to form yourself, you ain't going to be able to make nothing. The clay is just a lump that sits there until the potter does something. So what do we have to do? If you want God's hand to be on you, if you want to know that God's hand is on you, you have to let God work. The next thing you have to do is we see it in the next piece of Scripture. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Well, I done said you was pretty much worthless and you can't do a whole lot. 
Uh, but the next thing that you need to realize is you got problems. If you want to see God working in your life, you have to know that you have issues. I do. <laughs> you do. We all have issues. Now, I done preached it before, the ho holier than thou uh, message a while back, but we think about being holier than thou. Hey, tonight, a lot of us think that we're better than somebody else. We, we think that we don't have problems. We think we're invincible. We're untouchable. What does it say about the clay? The clay, when he started to work it, it became marred. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. The most important thing we need to see in that scripture is this, it was not a problem with the person that was spinning the wheel. It was a problem with the clay. The clay is not perfect. Y'all realize that? When they start to spin that old clay, and I've seen it before, when they start to spin that old clay, there's imperfections. There's things that come out of it. There's colorations that aren't right. There's inconsistencies in the clay. What, what about us is any different than that? Sometimes we're inconsistent. We have problems that show up in inopportune times. Uh, we make mistakes that we can't help but make because we are clay, we are worthless, and we make mistakes. And that may hurt your feelings, but that's okay. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, There are way that which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We think that we're right, but we've got problems. We think that we're always right, but I'll tell you tonight, we're wrong. I'll tell you tonight that we are imperfect. We are fallen men and women. We touched on it last night in the Garden of Eden. We became a fallen race a long, long time ago. We became a fallen world that the Bible says in the Garden of Eden that he cursed the snake and took his legs away and put him on the ground. He cursed the woman to have pain at conception. And what did he do to the man? He looked at him and said, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Now, I don't know if y'all realize or not, but the entire food chain starts at the ground. Everything that we consume starts at the ground. At some point, a lion may eat a, may eat a hyena and a hyena may eat a gazelle, but the gazelle eats the grass. To help you understand that everything that goes through this world is going through that ground that is cursed and we are imperfect. We are fallen men and women. We need help. We can't form ourselves. We can't do any good work for our own selves. In the next part of chapter 18, verse 14. And the vessel he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. And what does it say? So he made it again another vessel. <laughs> oh, I like that piece right there. If there's anything you get out of tonight's message, it's this right here. You've got problems. You can't do anything on your own. And this piece of scripture right here shows you that He wants to fix you. <laughs> Praise the Lord tonight. If you want to know if God's hand is in your life, if God is leading you spiritually, you've got to know that you are worthless, you can't do anything on your own, that you have imperfections, and what else? That God can fix you. God can fix your problems. I've seen it, a, a potter a spinning a wheel before. If you ever watch a, a, some of these fellas around here that make the, the, the pottery, it's just amazing. They start to form something up. They get that thing about a third of the way up. They start making it look real nice. You say, whoa, I can tell what that is. He's starting to make this or that. He gets about a third of the way up, and what happens? A little hole pops up. You know what happens 99% of the time? He takes and he slaps it right back down. 
and He starts over. There's no fixing that. There's no fixing your sin. There's no fixing your lifestyle choices. There's no fixing the sin that we have in our life that we slip in and slip out of. You cannot fix it and the potter doesn't seek to fix it. He seeks to create a new you. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Praise the Lord. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When the potter was forming this vessel, when he's forming you, when he comes across a problem, praise God, he don't have to fix those problems. He's going to make a new you. I'm glad the day that I got saved, I became a new creature. I want you to know something tonight. If you're a Christian today and you've fallen back to your old ways, you're a new creature. Old things are gone. The old life that you lived is gone. Uh, the old temptations that you have, the Bible says, is gone. You are a new creature. Stand on the promises that God has given us. Old things are passed away. I'm glad that one day I was walking along at 15 years old and a man asked me if I was saved. And guess what God did? Zach ain't no good. I'm glad that I was walking, leaving a church door and a, a Gideon asked me if I was saved, and I told him I was. I lied to his face, and he said, excuse me. And guess what happened? I said, not online. I need Jesus. He says, do you want to be saved? And guess what I did? I got saved right then and there. I didn't have to go any further. Right then and there, I became a new creature. If you want to know that God's hand is in your life, you know that you can't do it on your own, that you've got problems, and that God's going to fix you. He's going to make a new you. He ain't got to plug the holes, praise God. He's going to make a new you. The next thing that we see in Scripture is the fourth thing. And it says this, He made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Boy, have mercy. Yeah. Fourth step to knowing God is in your life is to be happy with how God has made you. If you want to know that God is in your life, you have to accept who you are. Do y'all realize that? I done accepted a long time ago that I'm crazy. <laughs> and I tell my wife that and she knows that. She's, yeah, he's a crazy guy. He likes to play pranks. He likes to joke around. He likes to throw cold water on me when I'm in a hot shower. And he still does it. Did it last week. You know why? Because I'm crazy. People know it works. He's throwing a snoring. Or no, I'll get you later. When you ain't looking, I'm going to get you. We know that we need God, and we have to accept who God has made us. The potter is at the wheel forming us and making us who that we need to be, and not for our own selves. Uh, Zach, you know, uh, I did things in my own life that thought that I would make myself better. Uh, I, I would do this and I would do that. I would take this job to make more money or, or I would do this because I enjoyed doing it. Uh, I would go fishing because that made me happy and eventually I discovered that none of those things really mattered a whole lot. I needed to be who God wanted me to be. I couldn't escape Him going fishing. I made the mistake, I made good friends with a preacher. And guess who went fishing with me all the time? The preacher went fishing with me. I tried to escape off, go down to Florida and go deep sea fishing. And guess who went with me? The preacher. 
And guess what we listened to all the way there? Christian music. Drove me nuts. <laughs> I'll tell you, church, I'm not ashamed. All the way there, I was trying to turn that radio to something else. And he would change it back. We'd, admit, we'd have to stop, go to the bathroom. The potter was in that car the whole way down to Florida. The potter is at my house. The potter is here. The potter is making me who I need to be. And the potter is making you who you need to be. We need to realize that we cannot escape the potter. I've tried. <laughs> I have tried to get away from him sometimes in my life. I, I remember when I was first dealing with being called to preach, I said, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Lord, leave me alone. <laughs> Lord, leave me alone so I can just do whatever I want to do. I, I, I hadn't been married that long. We had a child on the way. Lord, Lord, I don't want to raise preachers, kids. I was one myself. We're crazy. I done told you I'm crazy. We can't change who we are. I took a speech class when I was in college. Never knew that. That would help. I started working with the public when I was 16 years old, bagging groceries, talking to people. I was the shyest kid you have ever met in your life. And I'm still an introvert. But God still uses me. I want you to know God is using you. I wanted to do something on my own self. I wanted to be my own thing. But the fourth step to knowing that God has got His hand in your life is to realize that God's plan is better than your plan. God's thoughts are better than your thoughts. He has made my life better than I ever thought it would be. And a lot of you, if you analyze what I owned and what I have, it's not much. But praise the Lord, that's what God gave me. I know that's what God provided. I know the job that I look at sometimes and say, well, I could have better. But that's what God wanted me to have. I look at my wife and I know I got the best thing ever. And God gave it to me. I wasn't going to twist it around on her. I know that those children I have are blessings from God. And God give me those things. And God bless me with those things. I, I, I've been blessed just so much. Last night we were talking about hard times. And I talked about some bad things that I faced. But I, at the end of the day, I know I'm blessed. I've got a home in heaven. I've got a master that's forming me. I realize that I have God's hand on me. I know it because I know that I can't do nothing on my own. I know it because I'm imperfect and I know that I am. I know that I let God fix me and create me a new creature. And I know because God's plan is better than my plan every time. Every time I've made plans and they blow up, I'll get mad. I'll, I'll, I'll suck for a week or two. Uh, things don't work out the way that I want them to. Uh, a message won't come out the way that I want them to. Uh, a study group won't come out the way that we want them to. Uh, a relationship and a friendship won't work out the way that we want to. But praise God, He is the one that provides them. His plans are better than yours. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5-6 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. All thy ways. How many times, how, how was the last time you went through a day and just thanked the Lord for everything that you could do? You rolled out of bed and said, Thank you, Lord, that I don't have more pain than I have today. You got in your car and your car crunked up and you said, Thank you, Lord, 
for giving a charge in this battery. Let me get to where I need to go. And as you drove, you said, thank you, Lord, for protecting me and not having me in a wreck. And Lord, thank you for the, for the gasoline and no problems with my vehicle to get to where I'm at. And, and when you get there and you buy something, you say, thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you give me to have money in the bank account. And, and you get back home and you could cover a whole day of thanking God for what He's done in your life. I guarantee most of you have never done it before. And if you do it, it'll change your life. Because you'll realize God's plan is better than yours. If it was up to me, that car would never run. The washing machine would tear up every week. The refrigerator wouldn't work right. And I've been there in my life. My wife's grinning about that too because she knows. When you got three major appliances tear up in one week, you start wondering what in the world's wrong like we did last night. What world would I do, Lord? But I'm glad His plans are better than ours. My dryer's tore up three times. I'm a professional dryer repairman. I want y'all to know that. If y'all got problems with y'all's dryers, y'all can call me. I see that as a blessing. You know, when that dryer tears up now, I can go over there and pop that thing loose, push this part over, take this loose, test this, test that. I know everything about that dryer. I know how it works, where all the parts are. It wasn't long after that happened, somebody in the church, the dryer tore up that I was at, and I said, you just tell me what's wrong with it. I said, yeah, you probably need this. You probably need to get you this. What kind of sound is that? Oh, I know that sound. I became who the potter wanted me to be. At the time, I didn't like that. At the time, I didn't like spending $50, $75 on parts every time I turned around. At the time, I felt pain. At the time, I, I didn't like it, but I realized that the potter was forming and making me. One of y'all got a dryer tore up. You're going to ask me something after church tonight. And I get to be a blessing because of what I went through. If one of you's got a kid that's been in ICU for a while after he's been born, you know you can ask me. You can ask my wife. She was there for almost three weeks straight. I went through things. If you, if you go through things, I'm glad that we can go to each other. I'm who the potter made me. If you want to know that God is leading you, you have to be who He's made you. The answer tonight is, to the, is God's hand still on me? I've got an answer for you tonight. That's up to you. It's up to you. If you want to know, is God's hand still on me? That's up to you. I can't answer that for you. Nobody in this church can answer it for you. I can't answer it if you're saved. I, I can't answer it if, uh, if you're in the right place in your life. But I'm glad that it's up to you. And if you don't know the answer, praise the Lord. A lot of you may be thinking, I don't know. I don't know if I am where God... I, I have had that happen to me multiple times in my life. I do not know if God's hand is truly on me. I've got some scripture for you. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, it says this. Listen to me, church. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. To help you understand that scripture tonight, if you want to know if God's hand is on you and you don't know the answer, all you need to do is ask. I'm glad that we've got a Savior that will give you an answer. 
If you ask faithfully, if you ask believing, you'll get an answer. I'm glad that if you don't know why you're in your living situation, why you're in the relationship that you're in, why you're in the job that you're in, you're wondering, is God's hand still on me? I'm glad that He took that old nasty clay and He's worked on me for a long time. Now, I'm not as pretty as this little piece of pottery, but one of these days He's working on me. One of these days I might be able to get to looking like I'm supposed to look, smelling like I'm supposed to smell, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Each one of these vessels has a purpose. They have a look that was designed by the maker. Now, this old pot right here, it's, it's something literal that we can understand. But I'm glad right here spiritually is where we really need to look. Who are we tonight? Are we what we want to be or are we what God wants to be? Are we making our plans or are we making God's plans? Are we doing and, and, and realizing that we are sinners or do we think we're perfect? Do we realize that we can't do anything on our own unless we let God do it in our lives? That's what we have to realize tonight, church. We have to realize that if we want to know if God's hand is still on us, is still leading us, we just have to look to Him. That's it. You say, Zach, well, that's a coverall answer. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the answer that you'll find in the Word of God. If you want to know if God is dealing with your life, you need to ask Him. I'm glad that He is a loving God. I'm glad that if we look anywhere in Scripture, we'll find answers to our questions. I'm glad that when you hit your knees and pray, He's going to be there with you. The Bible says that I'll be with you all the way, even until the end of the world. Is that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's how much He loves us. If you want to ask Him if you're in the right place today, you don't have to shout it. You don't have to whisper it. I'm glad that God even knows our very thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going through. He knows your situation. And after the message last night, He suffered through a lot of things. He can help you. If you want to know tonight, if God's hand is on you, ask Him. As they get a, give a musician up here to play, as your pastor comes up here tonight, church, we've got to ask Him if we want to know. I'm glad tonight there's people here that know if God's hand's on them. There are people here tonight that know the answer to the question beyond a shadow of a doubt. They say, yes, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know right now that I'm supposed to be the pastor of the church that I'm a pastor of. I knew it the first day that I visited, and I didn't like that. Most pastors don't, but I knew very shortly within getting in that church that I was supposed to be there. I, I knew that the ministries that I had when God was calling me, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. It wasn't me guessing, I think the Lord's calling me to preach. I, I think the Lord's calling me here. I, I think of uh, uh, this or that. Uh, I knew it. God's very clear. He's not the author of confusion. That's Satan. God is very clear on what He wants to do with you. And if you don't know what that is tonight, ask Him. Ask Him in faith. Ask Him believing. Ask Him trusting. Put all your faith in Him. And say, Lord, is Your hand on me? Is this where I need 